0: Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in Fantasy Football.
1: everyone RPG nation welcome back to another episode of the fantasy football RPG podcast number 34 kicking off glad to be recording this episode the Tuesday before the 2023 NFL draft officially kicks off as a Seahawks fan I've uh, professed my excitement over this day for several months now and uh yeah Thursday night gonna finally see what not only my team does, but the rest of the teams with first round draft picks in the NFL. One of the more unpredictable NFL drafts that I've been tuned into, it seems like, you know, there were definitely question marks last year. We had a interesting Mac Jones, number three to the 49ers, only to fall apart at the last minute. And uh, this year, it just seems much, much more ethereal. We have four QBs, arguably five, that might get drafted in the first round, which is exciting. Although, you know, these QBs come with their fair amount of questions. There's no Trevor Lawrence per se among any of these guys. Even the number one, Bryce Young, as uh, smart as he is, as as fleet on his foot as he is, as good of a decision maker he is, he, uh, he's got that itty bitty frame that People are concerned about. I don't currently believe that'll be enough to stop the Carolina Panthers from selecting him number one overall. I'm just following the Vegas odds there with the minus 2,000. But yeah, you go down the list and Anthony Richardson, can he translate his freak athleticism to smart decision-making and accuracy in the NFL? Will Levis, is he refined enough can he get refined enough with his arm talent to not just be a beefier, more manly version of Zach Wilson? And you have CJ Stroud, who I, I got to say, that's the most shocking uh, fall to me in this draft so far is is he was seemingly the guy that was going to go number two pretty easily, if not number one, uh, to the Panthers. And since then, the odds have flipped in a major way. Uh, a lot of reports coming out that he he might not even go in the top seven, eight picks, which would be pretty wild to see and interesting to know what the reason really is for that. Uh, besides just the Ohio helmet, and then obviously you got Hendon Hooker, who could have gone a lot higher if not for his injury. Uh, just another kind of question mark about how he'll bounce back from that. All these guys could very easily go in round one. So definitely exciting and and stuff to pay attention to. Um, we've talked a lot about the RB class as well, it being very robust, lots of interesting talent there, and the tight end class is also a lot of good names to be watching there. There could be several uh, tight ends taken in this first round. i would I would wager maybe two or three tops, but still, uh, not that that matters super heavily for a fantasy perspective, but still, you know, nice to have high draft capital rather than low draft capital. When you're talking about any of the guys that you will potentially be drafting in a couple of weeks here, if you haven't already, am I leaving anything out? I can't. Oh, right. I guess there's wide receivers <laughs> in this class. Uh, not too many in my opinion, worthy of getting super excited about. Uh everyone knows Jackson Smith Najigba by now, if you're paying attention. And uh, you know, that that second, maybe third ish tier of Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, those types of guys. Um they they all have their bumps, man, for sure. So we'll see how many go in this first round. It could definitely be a couple still, but Just not the year to need wide receiver, unfortunately, Uh, specifically for a lot of my teams that (laughs) pretty desperately need wide receiver. But tonight we'll have a a very fun episode gearing up to Thursday. Uh, The OG RPG boys, Evan, Eric, and I will be doing an NFL round one mock draft. We will uh take turns picking guys at specific picks and telling you guys why we think those will be the landing spots. Probably going to be wrong on a fair amount of them because uh trying to predict the NFL draft is hard. Guys, I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> since uh last year, especially with the whole quarterback situation, Malik Willis getting propped up to be a top ten pick. Um, it's it's hard. A lot of smoke. You never really know what a team's thinking until they make the pick. And so we're gonna go through them, but it's more or less a way for us to talk talk shop about the what we view as the top 31, third well, yeah, 31 guys. Uh since the Dolphins don't have a pick. Uh, and and let you guys know where we hope they'll go, think they can go, all that good stuff. Now it would be about the time I tell you guys to strap in for that anchor ad but unfortunately i may have jinxed us last week talking about how they were still giving us money for that ad looks like they have grown wise and they have canceled our ad our ad agreement with anchor i'm guessing more than likely because it's not a thing anymore not that we did anything specifically to uh incur their wrath but that means uh less Time for you guys to get right on into the episode. So, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast and enjoy. Did I be Eric? Hey, yeah, you did. I actually haven't heard from him. I am he hasn't fallen asleep
0: or something. <laughs> old man Eric over there.
1: Yeah, well, East Coast, but yeah, also old man.
0: Dude, I was feeling so good about the Pirates pitcher tonight. Did, like, all the research I could. And I was just like, this is the game against Noah Sindergaard, that he's going to get a win. And he was, like, plus 220 to get a win. And I was feeling so good and the pirates bullpen gave up a three-run home run to make it a no decision for him. Dude,
1: that's a bad beat. I was so I was so upset.
0: That's a bad beat, brother.
1: Damn. They, they were
0: they were up 7-5 in the 7th inning. Oh my god. That's oh, I hate that. I hate that so and much. The, the pirates bullpen recently has been absolutely filthy. Dude, yeah, they've been dogs. They, they, yeah, I think they've given up like two home runs all season mm-hmm. from the yep. bullpen, and yeah. I was just like, oh man, like I'm feeling, I'm feeling it right now, like I'm feeling good. But yeah, I, I had that play in like three parlays that were like, you know, hundred dollar, hundred dollar tickets to win like three k, and I was just like, man, like all the legs are looking good and then that happened and I was just like I literally was listening to the game in my car and all you see, all you hear is me in the car just ah!
1: <laughs> it's the worst when you have those like two three-leggers and like you have that one sure fire play that doesn't come through just yep. kills everything uh, so frustrating I did the same thing with Ty France today he can't get a hit for me apparently at like minus 280 odds and I parlayed that with a bunch of stuff. Jeez. Killing me. Everyone else on the Mariners is going to get a hit tonight. Not Ty France.
0: Uh, Man. I had had a a $250 wager to win $2,999.18. God damn it. All
1: right. Well, while we wait for Eric here, do we want to just kind of get right into things because we got some stuff to talk about and i mean right off the bat and i'm really sad that eric isn't here for this but i mean do you want to get into the biggest piece of news and kind of talk about that
0: aaron rogers is finally a jet the roger nannigans are finally over and now he get now he gets to do it on the biggest media stage there is New York City.
1: He's such a good fit for that media too, like in the in the weirdest way because he's such a an odd guy, so I'm sure they're going to have a field day and he will also probably have a lot of fun uh boxing them out. So that'll be just fun to witness as a as a spectator. Uh but yeah, man, I mean, the the compensation finally they they were able to come to terms. Uh the the Packers are, you know, they get that little pick swap action uh, in the first round this year, they pick up a second this year and then they get a conditional second or a conditional first next year. Uh, it's a second that can turn into a first uh, if Rogers plays, I think it was like a low amount of starts, like 65% of the snaps or something. Um, so pretty much a first unless he gets hurt. Um, so pretty good compensation, but also the jets get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and a fifth round pick. So pretty even trade to me personally. Do you, do you think that one team won or another?
0: Uh, I mean, I think with the headache that Rodgers is, I get it. Rodgers is going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, but with the headache that he is with the media circus that New York is, I mean, I get it. New York was desperate for a quarterback, but to move back a couple slots this year, to give up a second this year and in all likelihood giving up a first next year for probably two years of Aaron Rodgers i mean they better make a deep playoff run
1: well yeah you know it feels like if they don't basically get to the super bowl in the next two years then they've made a mistake um it feels like it, it does feel like it's kind of super bowl or bust at this point with what they've given up um so definitely a big swing um, but you know, like you said, I get it, a uh, chance at a hall of fame quarterback, albeit maybe a little past his prime, you take the shot, I guess they, they definitely have, it seems like they have enough everywhere else to maybe make a run. Their, their defense is great. They have young studs all over the place, both sides of the ball. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, I know that we talked a little bit about the jets win total, uh, when we did that whole breakdown, and I'm still kind of on the side where I think it was nine and a half. And if it's like even juicier plus odds for the under, kind of interesting to me. So keep an eye on that. I don't know if it's been fully baked in or if now there's a little bit more juice uh, that you can get there, but something to look at. And yeah, man, I mean, overall Jets weapons, you know, I don't think that they really bump up per se in terms of perception, because again, people expected Rogers to go to the jets. So Wilson was already seen as like a top eight, maybe top six wide receiver. Uh, And I think he is still that, but it is nice to have it finally done. Maybe a little bit of baked in chemistry with Alan Lazard. He could be a late round thrower. um, If you want to get on that train, but yeah, overall on the offense, wheels up, and I guess we will see what what Jordan Love really has in him, because haven't really gotten a chance to see him in real games yet, any real meaningful games, especially as the day one starter. So I'm kind of excited to see what he looks like. Uh, I don't have a, a ton of hype or hope personally, because I don't know, I feel like he would have. Done something or earned the job or i don't know this this rogers thing wouldn't have gone on as long as i as i think it would have if if love had shown to be an adequate replacement so but now we will finally see uh maybe christian watson can be his go-to guy and they can get something done there
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see for sure and uh should be fun to watch football finally with uh, the jets having a quarterback you know, J-E-T-S, you know, they're going to be chanting all along. And uh, I think the biggest question now is, does that make the East the best division in football?
1: It, it was already pretty close, man. When, when you're talking about the New England Patriots that are still led by Bill Belichick, the best coach ever, basically, uh, it seems like it's very well-rounded, lots of firepower. Yeah, it, it is certainly a good argument to make, I think. I mean, is it even an argument really? It it doesn't really feel like there's much to be argued.
0: I mean, I, I would make the argument that the other east would give it a run for its money, you know, the NFC East.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with you, it gives it a run. But yeah, I just I I do think that the AFC East beats it out just in terms of consistency and just both sides of the ball. All the teams, you know, besides the Patriots. But again, I think you get that big Bill Belichick bump there. But OK, uh, yeah, we we will definitely I think that'll be kind of a hot topic, especially going into like training camps and stuff. We'll be talking all about Aaron Rodgers and who he deems uh worthwhile to throw the ball to loudly <laughs> as he does. And uh, so moving on, though, we'll we'll go ahead and take it to a little bit of draft talk because man, it's it's finally time. Three months ago it felt like it would never get here, but we are we are the week of the NFL draft and it's very, very exciting. And coinciding with that excitement and that tension, we had a bit of an odd shift over the last couple of days, uh, a big big shift where Will Levis went from being the uh number two guy uh, in the Vegas odds by pretty good margin to there being some rumblings and some rumors that he's actually going to go number one. And the odds, uh, the, the betting odds certainly kind of gravitated towards that as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bryce Young is still the guy. Uh, he's still minus like 1,500. I think last time I checked, but Will Levis is now I think 10 to one, uh, which moved up from 20 to one, which moved up from 50 to one. So pretty significant movement generally. And then I don't know how much can really be gleaned from this, but it, it went on like the Pat Matthews show. I've heard a couple other podcasts talking about it. This uh, Redditor that came on to our sports betting and or our sports book, I believe, and claimed that he knew Will Levis and that Will Levis has been telling people that he was going to go number one to the Panthers and i i'm pretty sure that came after all the line shifting for him going number 1 so i don't think it like was caused by him coming out and saying this by any means maybe him coming out and saying it you know was kind of influenced by the odds if if this guy's just kind of trying to do a a big prank but i guess it's interesting i don't know it's it's wild is can you picture it all will levis actually going number one overall is there any reality that happens
0: i mean you know i would love that because i gotta take it on it and i've had to take it on it since october so you know i've I've spoke of my affinity for him uh multiple times on the on the podcast so i definitely like him a lot more than the fantasy community likes him Uh, I feel like even if he does go number one overall, people are still going to hate on him and say, oh, what a horrible pick by the Panthers. Like, what are they doing? They don't know what's going on. So obviously you can't draft him for fantasy. Like, There's no winning for Will Levis. Like if he goes high, people are going to say it was a mistake and the team made a mistake taking him. If he goes late, everybody's going to be like, yeah, I told you he was going to go late. So th- it's a no-win situation. It, it very much feels like the the Daniel Jones situation and everything that went in when he got taken by the Giants back then. You know, everybody in the fantasy community was not high on him. You could get him super late in drafts for, you know, the formats. And it was just one of those plays that was just like, okay, you know, he's a starting quarterback, he's pretty athletic. You know, for a quarterback. Um, but I was trying to scour the internet for mocks that had him at one, and the only mock that I found was the Pete Briscoe mock, that, with CBS that had him as the number one overall pick, and he had Bryce going two. Um, so that was the only the only pick or the only mock that I was able to find the the Will Webber's pick as number one overall, and that mock just came out today.
1: Yeah, I mean for me it it kind of feels like in terms of the odds shift it it feels like uh like a Mac Jones situation if you recall that when it was kind of almost almost a lock that he was going to go 3 to the Niners and the the odds certainly reflected that i remember seeing it at like minus 300 uh and being like okay i guess that's what's happening and then the, obviously that is not what ended up happening um so yeah, I I I kind of sense a little bit of that in the air, possibly. But it is interesting with with how um, just how divided the community is on Will Levis that that he's being propped up this much by betting sites uh, specifically. It, it's it's definitely fun to kind of follow your nose when these odds shift uh, because it can definitely be telling. You know, sportsbook don't want to lose money and they're kind of playing the guessing game as much as we are. So it's it's certainly interesting, something to keep monitoring. I'm sure. When we do our mock draft later, we'll Levis will fall somewhere and we will talk about that. But moving right along, we uh, we also had some unfortunate news <laughs> um, that I guess we'll we'll drop in here. You know, definitely a, a guy that a lot of people were hopeful for Jameson Williams to uh, come off of a, a year where he was injured and didn't see more than one catch. Uh, we were really, I think as a community, a lot of us were hoping that this would be his year to shine, unfortunately suspended for six games due to sports betting and not even football sports betting because, you know, that's not happening right now, but he was at the lions facility betting on basketball and, you know, six game suspension. It It's definitely, it definitely sucks. Um, in a lot of different ways. I mean, one, if you took him fairly highly or traded for him or took him in a rookie draft last year. You know, that's six games where you're not going to get points like right off the bat. That sucks. But beyond that, I mean, are you worried a little bit? Because I'm worried about his just Dan Campbell just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that appreciates this kind of nonsense. And I heard today that to uh, to grieve his suspension, Jameson Williams was out in Vegas betting on UFC fights over the weekend. So. Yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts? I mean, should we be worried beyond the six games? Is it just like, you know, value tanks a little bit because, you know, that's six less fantasy relevant games? Or, or are you worried a little more about his long-term future?
0: So what I think is going to be interesting and is going to be very directed by the draft is what do they do? Because I think it's pretty clear that the Lions want to win this year. And I think everybody knows and everybody would agree they're not going to win with just Amon Like They're going to need another wide receiver out there that they can go to that can make plays, or they're going to need another a tight end. And the offense didn't seem to cater to the tight end, which leads me to believe that they're probably not going to take a tight end in the first round. They desperately need defensive help. I mean, I think everybody in their mom knows that they should be going defense early. But with the suspension, it makes me wonder whether they're gonna consider with you know one of their one of their picks in the day one, day two, going with a wide receiver. And if they go with a wide receiver, it's gonna kind of temper my expectations for Jamison Williams moving forward because we're having another guy that has high draft capital coming into that offense who's going to have the six games to be able to show what he can do, to be able to be there and Jamie's going to be coming in basically after barely playing, coming off of an injury season, and then he's missing the first six games. So I think it's a big blow to him. I think Dan Campbell is probably going to have him in the doghouse for a little bit starting out. Um, I agree. I don't see Dan Campbell as a mess around type of guy. He seems like a very clean cut, you know, straight by the book. You know this is what you're doing. If you're not doing this, get the heck out of here type of guy. So
1: yeah, man. I, I I definitely agree. I wonder if it even if they would go as far as you know trying to go acquire a guy like like DeAndre Hopkins. Like I wonder if that's within the cards at all at this point. Because yeah, they they certainly need the help. But you're right, they need a lot of other key pieces there specifically on defense that I'm sure they are or they i'm sure they have been planning to take that into draft and basically address that with their picks um and and with this jameson williams thing that does kind of throw things into turmoil so i think maybe maybe they compromise there and try to get a free agent guy or try to trade for a deandre hopkins maybe uh maybe they pull old will fuller out of the out of the shed and dust him off and see if he's got anything left but they they need to do something you're you're definitely right about that um and yeah if they do draft someone fairly highly that is going to eat into the Jameson Williams um target share uh and besides that yeah i mean it's just not what you want to see man like the the culture wise and like just the decision making it it calls into question uh what's going on in his head i know he's obviously still a very young guy i've made plenty of mistakes not this drastically where it's cost me you know millions of dollars but i've made my share my fair share so i get it but you would expect these guys with with how much there is to lose to take things a little more seriously. Um so that that is slightly worrying. But uh onto onto other news here. Um one that I'm sure you'll just love to just talk circles about is old Matt Patricia being hired to the Eagles. And the only reason why I put this on here is because I I saw it as news. But then you look at it and he's being hired as like like an assistant to a coordinate, like it seems like a very lowly position so i guess it's just news of like this is how far matt patricia is kind of dropped in relevancy uh but i saw people like genuinely freaking out about it. like a lot of eagles fans specifically like angry that that this even happened um so i i guess i want to get your beat as an eagles fan like does this matter at all do you care about this
0: Yeah, so a lot of the reason why they were angry is because Darius Slay specifically went to Sirianni and said, I do not want him as part of this team. And Darius Slay was a guy that was potentially on the chopping block, um, but was a very good corner for us last year. So you take his word. When he says he wants, wants something or doesn't want something, you need to really consider that. I mean, from the understanding of what I have, he put Darius, uh, he put him on blast, like multiple times in front of the entire locker room, which as a head coach, why are you doing that? You should be there. If you want to call out a player, you bring him into your office, you sit him down and you go at him in your office. You do not do that in front of the entire team, especially when they're having as poor of seasons as they were. Like the team was already horribly down in the dumps and then their star players getting absolutely berated by their head coach. So that's a lot of it. I don't know. So with that, that's the negative side. The positive side is he's been in Bill Belichick's defensive system. He understands defense. He is very good at understanding schemes and being able to diagnose schemes. So There is positives still to this that need to be considered. He has been a former head coach. He's not coming in as a defensive coordinator. He's coming in as an assistant. And he's really there to just try and be a mind to bounce ideas off of, is my understanding of why he was brought in. He was brought in as the defensive almost analyst, basically, to be able to break down schemes, to be able to help his guys out and figure out, hey, you know, against this past concept, this scheme works the best. So, okay, try and adjust yourself to this inside technique versus outside technique. You know, where do you have your help? Those are all of the the items that he's really going to be helping with from my understanding with the team.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had heard about some of that drama, but I definitely wanted to get like the full picture from you because I'm sure you had followed that as an Eagles fan. So I appreciate the context. Uh, definitely sounds like you know, pretty valid reason to be upset that your one of your star corners isn't being listened to with with that kind of hire. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, the head coach, general manager, they kind of they make the decision that it is for the best of the team to have that kind of guy to bounce ideas off of, like you said. And uh with with how good the Eagles defense is already, I mean, as long as he isn't a decision maker there, sure, why not? I I, I get it. Um okay, and then yeah, I mean, I I only have really one other thing to discuss here, and it was something that came out, I think, last week, but we we just never really touched on it. I think in detail, but something that is worth bringing up, I think, because so two uh had these 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 head injuries last year, uh these multiple head injuries that kept him out of a large majority of the games. And it came out, I mean, he basically came out and said that he contemplated retirement, and that it was only after talking with his family uh, that he came to the conclusion that he wanted to keep playing. And one of the reasons was he wanted his uh his child to basically be able to watch him play. um which look man i I, I get it. I mean, <laughs> what we're really talking about here is probably the the millions of dollars at at stake. um the The maybe hundreds of millions of dollars at stake uh when you when you keep playing football but that's scary man I don't know that's kind of what I took away from that is just having that contemplation I guess it's smart to do it either way with with multiple head injuries like that but to actually come out publicly and say that you were thinking of maybe hanging up the towel to for your health um I don't know that that definitely worries me a bit I I Was kind of on the other side of the fence, I think, before he came out and said that, where I was like, I think Tua will come out on the other side. He'll he'll take his jujitsu classes and learn to fall better. And at the end of the day, he, you know, he won't be in long-term health danger. And and you can still rely on him as a, you know, top 10 dynasty quarterback. I think I might be on the other side of the fence now, man. Like for real. I just him coming out and saying that it's scary. It really does seem like. That thought being in his head, it kind of implies the seriousness of the entire situation. So luckily, I don't have a ton of to his shares. But when he says he wants to play so that his daughter can watch him, man, I hope he also like contemplates him being able to stay around to raise his child. Because, yeah, man, head injuries are, are no joke. So at the end of the day, I just I hope he does what's right for himself. But yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, if you agree or or think he, you know, if this is kind of uh nothing to really worry about. But
0: yeah, so I think as I think I've said before, I, I know I've said it privately, Corey, to you. I don't know if I've publicly said it, but once again, I I feel like this is just more fodder for the injury settlement retirement plan. So if he gets another concussion, maybe two, this coming season. To me, that seems like the perfect incentive to say, hey, I never got my second contract because of these injuries. So there could be an injury lawsuit, basically, because of the Dolphins organization and how they handled it with putting him back out there this season. So I, I think it's just more more fodder, more information, Um I do agree. We've seen multiple players, multiple high-profile players, step away from the game. You know, you look at one that comes to mind right away, Luke Kuechly. Like, yes, I get it. It's a linebacker, not a quarterback. But you still look at him. I mean, Kuechly was on the track to a Hall of Fame career. So you see that, and you see a guy that steps away early. And it makes you think about how serious some of these players are really taking these head injuries. And really taking the impacts that they're taking during the game, the collisions that they're having, and the forces that it's taking on their body. And, and just how it's affecting them. So I think it's definitely something to really consider. Uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I just, I want nothing to do with him until he gets his next contract. As soon as he gets his next contract, I'll, I'll be back in. I'll, I'll be happy to buy back in. If he gets his next contract and it's, you know, that four-year contract, great sign me up. I will buy back in and I will say, Hey, he's got a great offense. He's got points galore down there. You know, he's got good weather to be able to throw in. You have everything that you kind of want from a team right there. But until that happens, I'm not touching him. Yeah,
1: no, that, that totally makes sense to me. You know, on the other side, we, we also have seen like, like Brandon cooks, for example, that kind of had scary amount of concussions and then, uh, is seemingly okay. I don't think he's had a concussion any time recently after having kind of a bad string. Uh, but that really can go either way, man. It Like, Brandon Cooks should count himself lucky uh, rather than, you know, setting any sort of precedent of like, oh, concussions aren't that bad, and you <laughs> shouldn't be worried about sustaining multiple of them within a year. No, man, they're, they're not good. They're very bad, and, and they should be taken seriously. Uh, that's definitely a good point with the injury uh, settlement as well um that that is a very real thing that could happen especially i mean yeah if if it comes out at all that the dolphins put him out there too early and it cuz i know they're they're kind of hiding behind the oh no it was like a back or like a neck injury it, it wasn't a head injury if it at all comes out that that's not the case oh boy <laughs> like strap in that's going to get really messy um okay yeah i mean that's that's kind of it for news i feel like it's been sort of all quiet on the western front because we are within a few days of the draft and things are kind of locking down a bit um i didn't really have i didn't really see anything else out there that i was like super confident and comfortable talking about that aren't just wild rumors for the most part so yeah i mean the next thing would be this this nfl mock draft but we should probably wait. Oh, just in time! I'm here. I'm here. You sound you sound out of breath.
0: Just 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 for that, Eric, we made sure that you don't get to pick for the Bears. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bear down. And and wait and and even better, we made sure to not give you the Packers, so you couldn't screw them. That's really good. Nice job, Evan.
2: So in the last twenty four hours, Aaron Rodgers has been traded. I've had to work late. We got off the golf course late. They put us with a five-some. All of us shot our worst l- rounds of our lives. I spent more times in woods than actually playing the golf ball. Walked off the course at 9:10 when Evan called me, and I'm like, I'm screwed. And so the last hole was like played in the dark. It was ridiculous. And now I'm here. I'm out of breath. I'm tired. I'm showered. Aaron Rodgers is gone. The witch is dead. I'm fine. Have you just, is the reason why you played such bad golf is you were just fantasizing about Aaron Rodgers not being a Packer? I literally had like an erection the entire round because of Aaron Rodgers being. It has not left me in 24 hours. Well, dude, that's gonna that's gonna throw off your balance. It did. I kept falling forward. That's why I was missing the ball. That that explains it. That explains everything. Okay, unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry, whirlwind. I'm catching up. All right, what are we doing?
1: Yeah, so we just we just got through the the news and notes. I mean, we we did talk pretty extensively about uh, Aaron is a Jet Rogers, but Fantastic.
0: I mean.
2: Do you, do you want to just give a, a brief? Yeah. The Packers are dead. This is a great day. It's Christmas. It's Hanukkah. It's Thanksgiving. It's everything. Rodgers is dead. He can go back to Ayahuasca or wherever he's from. He's dead. He's done. Go to his dark cave. I don't care. Everything's done. This is the best day ever. Would you say that you love
1: what the Packers did?
2: Uh, you know what? I swear to Oprah, if they have three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row... I'm literally going to jump off some kind of ledge, and I don't know what it is, but there will be a ledge that will be jumped. I mean, his name is
1: Jordan. I'm actually Patrick Mahomes in Disguised Love, so you might want to be careful.
2: Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs>
1: uh, All right. Well, But yeah, man, you were actually just in time. We uh, yes. we had just gotten done figuring all the news out, and we we're about to jump into this mock draft. Uh, We have it at the bottom of this doc if you want to follow along. We got all of our initials next to the teams that we're going to be picking we're just kind of gonna we're gonna alternate and uh pick teams or Mm. pick players for
2: the teams that we're assigned to Uh, also i apologize to the listeners about how much of a whirlwind that was for the last like three minutes
1: yeah and uh just as a reminder we'll be doing uh all seven rounds so we should have you done about like 4 a.m 5 a.m tops
0: perfect just just in time for eric to go to work yep Mm -hmm. that's perfect Sorry, I was cheering at the Cubs getting that last out and getting out of the inning.
1: Oh, did uh, my Mariners were up? Yep, Mariners beat the Phillies today. That's a good day. Boo. Pretty good match though. I mean, we both kind of suck, so it's fun to watch. <laughs>
0: I mean, it, it was Gilbert on
1: the mound today, wasn't it? No, he got pulled back for some reason. I still uh, haven't okay. figured out why. I never looked it up, but who was it? Was it Brash? I oh, know it was Mark Gonzalez. Yep. Yeah. Two strikeouts. Very cool. All right, uh, moving, <laughs> moving on, uh, but yeah, yeah, let's 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 dive in, shall we? I mean, it's it's draft time, baby. We're we're two days away. I I'm super pumped, man. I I cannot wait to actually find out where these guys are going.
0: You're not al- you're not alone, Corey.
1: But we're gonna go ahead and tell you, uh, we'll tell everyone where these guys are going, because <laughs> we're gonna be hundred percent accurate on our mock draft that we're only doing a third of each
0: and not doing any trades if we're 100 percent accurate we are never doing another podcast again
1: <laughs> yeah we should send it to like the uh guinness like world records or or some sort of museum just like the audio recording of us weirdly like psychically predicting the nfl draft uh but i'm i'm stalling and i don't know why because we're taking this thing off and i'm the first pick and it's a relatively chalk pick guys I I'm following my nose here with the Vegas odds, with everything that's been said so far uh, with the talent, albeit the frame that concerns some people it's going to be Carolina Panthers drafting Bryce young, number one, overall book it. I think it, I mean, are we at all surprised? <laughs> I, I, I think this is the pick um, they need a quarterback. They need something to restart the franchise. I think that this year will still be kind of rough for them. Because they're they're still kind of lacking the weapons. I don't know if Thielen and and Chark necessarily are going to get them there. But I think it sets them up perfectly for next year um, to maybe get some talent. Uh, not with a first rounder because they don't have it. But maybe with a second. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be Bryce Young. I think it's relatively chalk, And I don't have much else to say about it. Any questions? No, that that, that feels about right. Yeah. I wish it was a more exciting pick, but I would rather be right and boring than wrong and like Eric. Oh, rude! <laughs> Speaking of Eric, uh,
2: we we have Eric with the number two pick, uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, Eric, go ahead and take it away, man. Am I wrong to think that this is actually the one that's the toughest to figure out? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is the toughest one. If it, there's so many smoker screens going in so many different directions on this specific pick. We we gave you this one on purpose rude um I'm gonna go with my gut I think Will Levis goes here mm. I think Will Levis goes second overall to the Texans and I don't think that's the right pick but I think <sighs> it just feels like he fits there for some reason like I I don't know I just have this gut in my feeling that Bryce is gonna go one and he's just gonna slot in right here because of that insane arm talent that he has um I wouldn't be surprised if it's Stroud. I'd be very surprised if it was Anthony Richardson. I think this is the one spot that doesn't feel Anthony Richardson to me for some reason. But I wouldn't be surprised CJ Stroud, but I have a feeling it's Will Levis here. And I just, I I can't see a world as a defensive player. Just that'd be such a big mistake. So, I mean, you're, you're following your nose too with the Vegas odds because it was something we
1: talked about earlier, but you weren't uh, around for it. Um, the odds have shifted tremendously for Will Levis to go uh not only number two, which he is the favorite right now to go number two, but
2: the odds have shifted dramatically for him to go number one. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, but yeah, I feel I feel good about Levis there. Okay. Uh well then taking
1: it to number three. Uh we've already prefaced we're not doing any trades, which would, in my opinion, be there'd be a likely trade here if the Cardinals can manage it. But uh picking for the Arizona Cardinals at number three, go ahead and take it away, Evan.
0: Yeah, so I think they end up going with one of the highest um, rated defensive guys in his class coming out of high school, uh, was a five-star prospect uh, coming out, and he went to a historically very strong defensive school, and I think he also played on the same team as Bryce Young. so kind of burying the lead a little bit there, we're going to go with Will Anderson Jr. and the pick. Uh, I think he is not the superstar talent that a Miles Garrett is. So I think that comparison or somebody thinking that that's what they're going to be getting uh, in that pick will be sorely mistaken. But I still think he's the best defensive player in this draft. I think Jalen Carter is very close, uh, close second. Um, I think Tyree Wilson probably has the highest ceiling of any defensive player in the class. Um, But Will Anderson is going to be the pick. Uh, That defensive line specifically, that defense period, but that defensive line specifically for the Cardinals is just completely devoid of talent. So they need somebody in that defensive line. So we're going to start to beef up the trenches
1: that that totally makes sense to me um i i agree with you i i think it's will anderson by a very slim margin i'm very i'm still very interested in jalen carter i know that there's been concerns thrown out there especially conditioning but he just seems like if he can just get that tuned in which that feels correctable of just like making sure he he's a little more on the cardio and He can can catch his breath and and get some crazy plays in. I think Jalen Carter could still be the best in the class, but Will Anderson seems safer, uh, and the Cardinals need basically a surefire hit here at three if they're going to start turning this ship around or even attempting to do it. So that that feels right. Okay, taking it to number four with the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, uh, Eric took my pick. (laughs) because <laughs> I had Will Levis going. Um, I, I I think that that is a very good fit for him. Um, I think that basically the Colts have been looking for a Will Levis for a little while now, and uh, they would love to get him, but seeing as they can't, uh, because in this draft the Texans got him. Look, it, it feels like a CJ Stroud spot, because I also had CJ Stroud uh, going number two. But knowing Urse and knowing how that crazy dude likes to operate, I'm going to go a little outside the box like I think he
2: would go. And I'm going to go ahead and roll with Anthony Richardson here. Wow, we have CJ Stroud dropping out of the top three. And look, that wasn't my like plan or mock or anything. But that is also
1: like, it, this isn't the end all be all, but that's also following kind of like the rumor mill and, and betting odds and, and all that stuff is like CJ Stroud. I heard today someone saying that he could fall out of the top seven, top eight. And I don't know why, really. And it feels like smoke because of that. Like, I don't really get the reasons, but it's being said with which is kind of crazy. Hmm. I like it, though. Yeah, I just think with with that kind of dynamic player, his ceiling so high, Uh, I think the Colts have consistently shown that they want to be a team that does not rebuild they just go 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 and i think anthony richardson with his athletic ability provides a chance for them to not have to deal with as much of a. it sounds a little weird because i know his big knock is like he needs to acclimate and they still a little raw but i think he could end up being lamar jackson-esque with his legs and just instant impact like let's go and, and try to compete, which is something I think the Colts culture has shown they
2: want to do. I like that though. That that's in I like your argument behind it too. I think you're right though. I think if Levis doesn't go to the Texans, Levis feels right there. Right?
1: I yeah. I, I I really do think so. I actually had I actually was wrong. I had um well in my latest mock I had uh the Cardinals trading to the Titans and the Titans picking up Will Levis. Mm. Uh but we're not doing trades. Uh, the reason for that, by the way, is because Will Levis is basically younger buffer Ryan Tannehill. And I think they might just want that
2: younger buffers. I'd like that.
1: Um, But anyway, moving forward, Um, I'm stalling now because I'm very nervous about what Eric is going to say for my team. Eric, this is still we're trying to be accurate. So please. So please be accurate. Please pick a player that should mm-hmm. go in the first round. <laughs>
2: I um I have some deep deep insider information on this one, and I could really really see the Seahawks picking Quinton Johnson. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> okay, no. How do I kick you? I need Correct. to figure
1: that out real quick.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually feel really really good about. It. I think this one is actually probably one of my biggest locks of this draft. I think they take Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Carter is the best player in this draft, regardless of position. I think he is the biggest game changer. Um, and I know he has some of the off the field issues, but I feel like Pete Carroll is really good at working with players who have off the field issues. I mean, look at like Bruce Irving. Um, I don't think um, I- I'm losing. Like, I mean, Richard server did really have off the field issues, but he's kind of a hothead. Like, yeah. I-, I don't know. I feel like Pete Carroll is really good at working with those kinds of personalities and really good at helping yeah. people stay the course.
1: He definitely kept Earl Thomas under wraps for a while.
2: And oh yeah, Earl Thomas. He, yeah. he turned out to be kind of crazy. True. Camp Chancellor wasn't easy either. So yeah, true. So I I just feel like his personality fits with these kind of edgy guys who are little borderline personality thing stuff like that. Man, that talent is so good though. And to mm-hmm. slot him up in the middle of your defensive line for the next ten years is so disgusting. And I I just think that's kind of the blue-chip prospect that you would expect to go one or two overall that slips to five that they're just like, we have to take this guy. We like Geno. Like, I actually, I know we're not going to go this far in the mock. I think Hinton Hooker is a good landing spot for Seattle I think they would love to have him there later on in the draft. And so I don't think they necessarily look for a quarterback. They go for the blue-chip guy, they get Jalen Carter, and they just buff up your front seven. So I like Jalen Carter there.
1: I love it, man. I love everything you're saying. Um, not just the Jalen Carter pick, which I totally agree with you. I still think that he, like I said, I think he could easily. We could look back and say, "Oh, Jalen Carter was the best player in this draft," and and the Seahawks got him, which which is great. Um, and I also love the Hidden Hooker pick because I, I I could see him going at twenty, and I wouldn't even be that mad about it.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I could I could see him. I, I could see him as a Seahawk. Um, I would like Jalen Carter to fall to the bears personally, but I just, I don't think he makes it pass for Carroll. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you. I have, I have no,
1: no critiques on that. I would be happy for that to be the case. Um, all right. So yeah, I, whew, I, I can wipe this white off my brow a little bit on that. uh, cause I think you did a great job, but moving, moving forward here, uh, at number six, we got the Detroit lions. Evan, take it away.
0: Yeah. So. I already talked about this player. I think he is the highest upside of any defensive end in the class. Uh, he's long, he's athletic, he's explosive. And I think that pairs fantastically with Aiden Hutchinson and how technically sound Hutch is on the opposite side of him. And I think these two paired together will cause havoc for QBs in the north there. So I'm going to take Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, I like it. The only real knock about him is he he has like a foot injury situation thing, right? I think that's still yep. fine. I I agree with you. Where his ceiling is very high, and uh, and you know that's that's exactly what the Lions need to do. In my opinion, they just need to get some more uh impact players um on that line, and uh, yeah, I I think that's a great that's a great pick there.
0: I, de- I definitely considered both of the corners. But I think I think corner isn't as valuable as a position as defensive end. I think defensive end just inherently has more value as a position for a football team. So that's what pushed me over to Tyree.
1: Yeah, me as the uh, as the Las Vegas Raiders pick here coming up uh, was really hoping you were going to take one of the corners so that they could land Tyree Wilson, uh, because I think that they also are a team that very much need uh, some defensive help there. But um, yeah, moving moving towards that pick, I I think they would at this point, uh, with what is on the table, teams do this, man. They they we saw it with Sauce Gardner. They get infatuated with that top CB talent and they go fairly her- early. And in my opinion, I think it's Devon Witherspoon. Uh, I think that he will be the top guy going. And I think that the Raiders at seven here. Maybe they don't love to take him. I think they would really love to take Tyree Wilson, but they they like to take that top uh, cornerback here. So I will go ahead and lock that in for them. They they severely need the secondary help. Um, they have you know two guys right now on defense that most people can even name, and they they definitely need to shore up their their past defense. So I'm gonna go ahead and lock that in for them at number seven.
0: So, Corey, just out of curiosity, what's the theory on not going with a quarterback there? Because C.J. Stroud fell.
1: Yeah. I So, for me, I think that the Raiders, with what they are trying to do with Jimmy G, I think they're waiting for next year. If they're looking bad, they'll take a quarterback then. That was kind of what I'm thinking. I think that, to be honest, what, the way I'm looking at it, C.J. Stroud would be the next pick. But I don't know how that's going to go uh because that's Aaron's pick or that's as eric's pick so uh i mix your two names together as <laughs> an <Is it> Aaron, <laughs> which is my wife's name so that's even more difficult <laughs> uh but no we have eric going with the atlanta falcons at number eight eric go ahead and uh throw it down for us man what do you got
2: the way this is fun this isn't even a decision it sounds um, cj strap like there's no shot he there should be one of these four quarterbacks left. And the fact that the Falcons wouldn't have to trade assets to go get a quarterback. I mean, pfft. I mean, and honestly, if that happens, CJ Stroud is in like the best possible position, right? When I mean, you got like Kyle Pitts right there ready for mm-hmm. you. I mean, Algier isn't bad. They got some receiver like, ah, I don't know. I, I have a good offensive coach. I just I think CJ Stroud would actually be really happy to go to the Falcons. That's a winnable division. Um, I I don't know if I'd pick them to win that division, but it is a winnable division. Um, I don't know. They would be brain dead to let CJ Stroud fall past eight at this spot. I, I totally agree.
1: As soon as I saw that they were in line to get him, I'm like, that just seems to make so much sense. I don't know why the Raiders would go out and get Jimmy G if they planned to try to scope out a quarterback in this draft. I think they're going to do what they can to make sure Devonte Adams still has some relevancy. Um, put him with a QB. That's that's a veteran that doesn't need any time to ramp up. And the Falcons landing CJ
2: Stroud here is like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. So and like I like other players going here, too. But if they don't have to move assets to get a quarterback, they're taking a quarterback. I I do agree with you. All right, uh, moving on to number nine. So that was that
1: was C.J. Stroud, number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Number nine is the Chicago Bears trading back from the number one slot. Uh, and this is Evan's pick. Evan, what do you got?
0: Yeah, so what does Justin Fields need? Uh, he desperately needs offensive line help. And I'm going to take Paris Johnson out of Ohio State as a tackle that can play either tackle position and has had – times where he has played guard as well so he has offensive line versatility where if the bears have somebody that they end up really liking somebody that ends up developing uh, as a tackle or a guard he gives them the positional flexibility to be able to play him at multiple positions you don't want to see them take a guard or a guy that ultimately ends up being a guard this early um, it's very very rare that that ends up happening um, so offensive tackle is where his value would be, but it gives you value insulation in the pick that he'll be able to stick with the team uh, for the long term.
1: Yep, I I actually, uh, this is my pick um, that I had as well. I think this definitely solidifies that, that O-line that got better, like had poor ratings at the beginning of the season and got better and better um, as those guys started to emerge, and I think this is a perfect uh slot and fit to really make sure that thing is shored up for their their dual threat quarterback in fields. Eric, I'm curious what you think about this pick for the Bears.
2: I like it. Um maybe I, I maybe I just kind of like Skronoski better from Northwestern. Um I think he might be a little bit overall better of a tackle, but the fact that we're taking offensive line, I'm happy with offensive line.
0: Mm-hmm. See see my my argument against that is everything that I've read and and from what I've seen I think he profiles better as a guard long term. So I I just I question whether he really fully sticks at tackle and okay. if he sticks at tackle is he as high end of a tackle um as you should be taking
2: Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. Hey, if if we're taking offensive lineman I'm happy.
1: Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Um. And then moving on to number 10, my pick uh, for Evans, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this might seem a little weird, but I want to get your beat on it, Evan, because I look between the two guys, right? It is another year where just like last year, you have these two cornerbacks that are kind of flip floppy as like the one, a one B and seeing Devin Witherspoon go number seven to the, to the Raiders. I think the Eagles swoop in here and take what could end up being the best cornerback in the draft in Christian Gonzalez. Um, they re-signed their two corners, so it's not like it's a huge, huge position of need. But I almost see it as like he could be like an heir apparent to Darius Slay because because how much longer does Slay have? Um, even though he's still operating on a on a pretty high uh, level, um, it's only a matter of time, man. So so get Christian Gonzalez in there like early to to have him learn uh learned the ropes from slay and i i still think he's at worst going to be a good corner uh at best he you're looking at a really great cornerback uh really really great and young so yeah i i think christian gonzalez is uh is my pick here but evan would would love to know uh if you agree with me or not
0: yeah, so I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I would love for them to go corner. I feel like you can never have enough corners. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see how everything plays out because of the fact that they do have Darius Slay locked up. And I mean, you look at his dead cap numbers over those next couple years, they're pretty high dead cap numbers because of reworking the deal and restructuring it. So it basically makes it, improbable, close to impossible to cut Darius Slay uh, over the next two years. And then you bring up and you start looking uh, at James Bradbury's deal. And when you bring up James Bradbury's deal, who once again also has a new deal. So you look at his deal and the dead cap numbers. Once again, that's another guy who's not being cut for the next two years. So you have your corners kind of set for those next two years. So I, I think there is an argument that they would go away from that position because of that. But Christian Gonzalez as a tackle or as a talent, sorry, <laughs> as a talent is just incredible. He is probably my favorite corner in the class to be able to watch. His athleticism, just I appreciate watching him play. The the shutdown ability, you know, and he, like I said, you can never have enough good corners. Mm-hmm. So but I personally would prefer them to go defensive line um there's an argument over who on that defensive line would be the pick.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's definitely fair. All right, but th- this is going to be an interesting one, I think because I definitely I'm on the wavelength now that I think at number 11 the Titans are are gonna move up or are gonna try to. I think so too. But having them stuck here at 11, I'm interested to say what uh, interested to hear what you have to say. Eric, for this
2: pick. I do very much agree that I think they will end up moving up. This is a very tough pick. So if they don't move up, we're assuming at this point they're keeping Tannehill. I think they go and grab Jackson, Smith, and Jigba here. All right. I, it, it just it feels like, I mean, they have Traylon Burks, but they have a aging Derrick Henry who's going to decline at some point. And if you are stuck with, like, Ryan, and, Ryan Tannehill, don't you want to try to improve his weapons around him to at least try to symbolize an offense here. And it just feels like he would fit in pretty well there. Um you have Burks being the big guy who runs the deep breath. You have Smith who can run the slot. Jackson Smith and Jeppers, sorry. Man, I don't that's a tough pick there. Well I I for one
1: in my opinion here, you at least did a good enough job to have sniped me because I was going to pick him for the Packers pick coming up here in two picks. Mm-hmm. So you snipe the Packers, so you can be happy about that. FTP. But what yeah, what do you think, Evan, about the Jackson Smith and Jacob pick here for the Titans? It kind of kind of takes
0: his value a little bit, right? <laughs> it, no, I, I <laughs> vehemently disagree. It has to be an offensive lineman. Their offensive line was 30th in the NFL last year. They created 0.8 yards per carry before contact for Derek Henry. You can't win games without your quarterback being protected, without Derrick Henry being able to run the ball for 120, 140 yards a game. That's just – it's not how Tennessee plays football. So, to me, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, Broderick Jones, as a Georgia guy, to bring in the Georgia fans, you're going to have him coming over from Atlanta. He's close to home, southeast. Darnell Wright, a road-grading tackle. like. What better do you want than a mauler as a tackle with Derrick Henry running the ball behind him? He's got work to do in the pass pass blocking game, but yeah, Darnold Wright absolutely just trucks people and just manhandles them out of the way.
1: Skoronsky would have been available here too, right?
0: Skuronsky would have been, but w- once again, I- I've made my kind of yeah, s- <laughs> yeah, my points on him. I I don't think he sticks at tackle long term, um, which is why I would prefer one of. The other two that I mentioned. Makes sense.
1: Okay. All right. Well, by the rules of the game, though, that is where he will be locked in, so I can't pick him in two picks. Uh, but luckily, I have Evan stalling for me at number twelve with the Houston Texans. So, Evan, take it away.
0: Yeah. So um, it's kind of difficult to to make the pick because I don't really see anybody that I'm crazy about um, when I'm looking at the board and who's available. Um, I once again go back to you take a rookie quarterback. Typically, you pair him with a wide receiver. I, I just I I don't without Jackson Smith and Jigba being off the board. I just don't see a wide receiver that is a top fifteen guy that's left. Um. So with that being said, all of a sudden now you're going to start investing in the offensive line and. You know, you look at it and you say, okay, they already have a left tackle, um, so you start looking at guys that could have positional versatility to be able to play some tackle, play some guard in the future. And this, to me, feels like a Peter Skoronsky location.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. Protects the uh, the new franchise quarterback. Sounds good to me. I'm I'm tilting here. I got the Packers here next, and I was really. The JSN was going to be a lock for me, but knowing he's off the board, I might do something a little spicy. I don't know. I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this. This this might be a little too spicy, but <laughs> what do the Packers need at this point? Kind of a lot, but to revitalize and sort of reinvigor the trust in specifically the offense within with Aaron Rodgers, leaving a massive void uh, in the talent there, supposedly, um, Look, they, they have Christian Watson and they have literally nothing else. So you would think maybe okay, they take a, a wide receiver here. Do you guys know who the tight end is for the Green Bay Packers?
2: Oh, it's uh Degba. Um yeah, exactly. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> I know it. Degura? Okay. Degura? Uh,
1: you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. You're correct. Uh he's the worst tight end. He's the <laughs> worst starting tight end in the league. I I dare you. Tell me who has a worse starting tight end. Detroit. Okay, Brock Wright had a had a really clutch catch one time, all right? I don't think the girl's done anything. So, what I'm going to say here is that they they killed two birds with one stone. They get some protection for some pass blocking with a with a killer tight end, but also one that can catch the football. And it's not going to be who you think. I'm going to take Dalton Kincaid. Ooh. I think when they look at it, they maybe see Michael Mayer as a, maybe a little more reliable as just an like a well-rounded guy. But when they're looking specifically for the pass catcher, I have I have started to grow closer and closer towards that Dalton Kincaid uh, ceiling uh, for being able to to really be a weapon for this offense. So I'm going to go ahead and lock in Dalton Kincaid.
0: Hmm.
2: I like
1: that. You like that even though he's a Packer? I think I did a good job then in that case.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it fits. Perfect. Love to hear that. All right. I'm, happy. I'm not happy about it, though. <laughs> I don't want them to take him.
1: Uh, okay, then I think that's solidified that I did a good job. Uh, moving on, though, because this is... Now, this is a fun one. This is really interesting because all the guys that I had picked for the Patriots have been nabbed up, essentially, and... Eric, it rests solely on you, my man, to make the pick for the New England
2: Patriots at number 14. This is going to sound so off the wall, but it's the Patriots, so it's not going to be off the wall. I really, really think they're going to go Jordan Addison if this is the way it falls. Wow. Because I think Robert Kraft has been calling out Belichick a bunch and how bad the offense was and everything like that last year and how their first-round wide receivers never work out. I think Belichick's going to go, screw it, give me a weapon. I mean, the receiving core is not good. I mean, Juju is fine, but I think it's going to be a reach. I don't think Jordan Anderson should go here, but they got to add something, right? And I I was thinking about Bijan maybe, but they've got Ramondre already. I don't think that's an option. It just feels like they. this feels like a reach for a wide receiver. Now, if Jackson Smith and Jigba falls here for some reason, I think that's easy. But I think they pretty much are locked into reaching for some sort of wide receiver unless someone falls from the heaven down the draft board.
1: Okay. yeah, I mean, in my opinion, uh, if they're looking for wide receiver, I think maybe it's more likely that it's a Quentin Johnston spot because he fills a role that I don't think they really have right now. I'm, and I'm open to that too. Jordan Addison is a little more of that, like, like kind of that, like, Taequann Thornton a little bit kind yes. of profile, right? Like, has kind of smaller and, and more fast.
2: But doesn't that feel like a Belichick kind of give me the smaller guy who can run the little routes and have Mac dink and dunk to him, and I don't know. That, that feels more like a Belichick-style type of okay. move there, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Quentin either. Like I said, I think they want JSN. I think JSN yeah. is what they want. I just don't know he's going to be there. I definitely, yeah. I, I think a lot of teams very
1: much want <laughs> JSN. Um, but I, I think that we've done right here in terms of, I do believe he will be gone by 14. I think that's pretty likely. Mm-hmm. So, man, that was a hard pick. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting the tough ones. And like I said, we did that on purpose because you really, <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, Okay. So here's, here's a good one because this was a recent, uh, change up. So this used to be the Packers pick. It is now the New York Jets at 15 and Evan, you've got this pick, my man.
0: Yeah. I'm, uh, trying to figure out what to do with it. So I want to, my head tells me to go tackle once again. I also feel like I just keep taking the tackles. um, so I kind of want to try and stray stray away from that. But when I start looking at the board, I just, I can't find a absolute position of need for them that isn't tackled. Which then leads me to Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright. And which one is it going to be? I mean, I would just guess and say it's going to be Broderick Jones. I mean, Makai Becton can't stay healthy. Uh, Dwayne Brown is uh about as old as the dirt that's on that field. Um, so you you put all of that together and you're just like trying to figure out how the offensive tackle situation is is going to work for them. I mean, I think there there's talk of Dwayne Brown not even not even really coming coming back. Um So maybe he ends up being the starting right tackle. Maybe he ends up being the starting left tackle, and Becton is the starting right tackle. Um, But I think I'm going to try and shore up up that offensive line for Aaron Rodgers. He's getting older. You don't want to – he can take a lot of hits. You've seen that in Green Bay. But you want to give him time to be able to survey the field, make plays. And it's also going to help Brees Hall in the running game. So yeah, we're we're gonna go with project Jones here.
1: All right, yeah, no, I I do think that that does make sense. Um, just show up, shore up the order. Orla- I'm sure that Aaron Rodgers is gonna love that pick. You know, he he goes to a place with weapons already. He doesn't need to worry about them. Uh, not taking a first round ride with He he has plenty uh to work with already. So project Jones, yeah, just just keep shorting up. Keep making sure they can protect. Uh 40 year old Rogers and make sure he doesn't break. <laughs> um seems like a good plan to me. Um okay, so I got number 16 Washington Commanders here. And they're tough, man, just because they seem so heavily steeped in the rebuild at this point. Um, I think like a lot of the like more competitive pieces are, are a little bit off the table. And Okay, for me personally, if I was the Washington Commanders and I was kind of steeped in this, in this rebuild dealing with Sam Howell, um, I think you you want to start building from, like the the line out, and so I do think that taking someone on that offensive line is probably the right call, um, and so I am going to take who I honestly think might go earlier than this anyway. I'm going to go take in Darnell Wright here. Um, I think he's another uh good OT. And I think, just like I said, man, if they're going to start this like weird rebuild, they have the 16th pick. It's a middle pick. It kind of sucks to like have to rebuild from this far out. But if they're going to do it and do it right, then they should take offensive line here. Anyone have any other... Thoughts that they were thinking could go... I was kind of thinking Hendon-Hooker, to be honest, but it feels a little too high. high. Yeah, it feels felt too a little high. high to me, too. Um, so I think they, they probably passed there, but...
0: I, I might make the argument for Banks out of Maryland. That's yeah. corner. Mm-hmm. I also would make that argument because I really wanted an offensive lineman to go to Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, That that is fair. Um. I was looking at a couple... I was looking at a couple of CBs too. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes was a guy that I was kind of considering because they really can't cover anyone. Yeah, he is—he's kind of on the smaller side, though. Uh, you're right, and I mean, honestly, what took me away from CB is I was thinking Emmanuel Forbes, but they need someone to stay with AJ Brown and C.J. and CD Lamb, and that just—it <laughs> doesn't seem like the guy, uh, in my opinion, to
0: to go do that. So, so let's play devil's advocate though. A big corner that has a physical father in Joey Porter.
1: That's true, too. Yeah, Joey Porter. I actually, I do like that. That that could have been a good pick, but I, I mean, I'm going to lock in Darnell right here. But I, I like that Porter pick. That's actually pretty decent. Okay, well, that, that takes us to number 17. Uh, we have on the board Mr. Eric picking for the Pittsburgh
2: Steelers. Um, I kind of agree with Evan's analysis. I feel like an offensive lineman would be really good here. But the way this has kind of fallen so far, all the ones that should be taken by now, or the ones that are the value around now, are kind of con. So I'm gonna go with kind of the, the just the, it just makes sense. Joey Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't it doesn't just feel right. If he feels like a Steeler. Yeah, I could tell Evan really wanted him to drop to 18. <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, I I mean, I was looking at Joey Porter Jr. for them a couple picks ago too, and then I I was like, nah, I need an offensive lineman, but they all went. It's like, you know what? Like father, like son. Joey Porter Jr. So, and plus they need cornerback help too. So I really like him there. Um, I think he could be a long term starter for the Steelers. Yeah, that that does seem like a good pick. They uh
1: they definitely need to shore up the secondary.
0: Well, uh yeah that that makes me makes me tilt a little bit right here um, because of especially having yeah. yeah, that's that's just frustrating. having already taken a defensive end, uh, they're not gonna take a defensive end again. and I feel like the top three ranked players that are best available right now are all defensive ends. Um, so yeah, it's really frustrating to see. So then I start deciding, and I'm looking at it, going, Do they take another tight end in Michael Mayer? That they obviously showed that they don't really understand how to use a tight end. They don't really want to use a tight end in that offense. <sighs> do they take the tilt is real? Yeah, yeah, I know the tilt really is real here. Um, do they take a Brian Branch as a safety? Feels a little early for that. Um, so, I, I guess I'm just going to go with Deontay Banks and get a corner. He played well for Maryland. You know, he, he can hang, hang with those guys, he can hang with NFL wide receivers. So, I mean, they, they desperately need corner help. Um, I think that's one of the biggest needs for the Lions this offseason. And uh, I mean, all they really did was trade away Jeff Akuta, right? Unless I'm missing something. I think that's all all they pretty much did is let's trade away a, a former top 5 cornerback that we took that never panned out. So, I mean, why not take another shot at corner and uh yeah, we're we're going to make that make that the pick.
1: It makes sense. I mean, going back to the CB well, it, it might give Lions a little bit of a shudder <laughs> just getting off of Akuda. but it look man, it didn't work out. They moved on and now they have to replace the position. That's just that's just how it works, um, and they certainly need again another team that desperately needs that secondary help so that uh, they don't put up forty eight hundred points a game. Uh, so yeah, that that totally makes sense, and I am very excited and stoked to lock in this pick, which I think is is a massive fall from where, not a massive fall, but a pretty a decent fall from where I think he'll actually go in the draft on Thursday. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number nineteen.
2: Pick up Bijan Robinson. I felt that was coming for a while. That Bucks pick there. That just feels so good.
1: Yeah, it it feels really good. Um, look, it's a it's a weapon uh, that they desperately need on the ground game. Um, maybe not desperately if you're a Rashad White Truther. I'm just I'm not personally. I think that he is a good pass catcher, and that's it. I I think compared to Bijan, uh, Rashad White is just gonna be a a rotational uh pass catching back sometimes um to to spell Bijan maybe but I think Bijan will come in there and be the focal point of that offense uh take some of the uh, pressure away from uh, Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin and allow whatever quarterback is going to be actually starting for them whether it's Kyle Trask our guy big Kyle Trask (laughs) uh or baker or baker mayfield uh i think either way they would love to have a a weapon in the backfield like Bijan. and again i just think this this is great value for what i consider to be a pretty easy top five if not a top three talent in the Mm -hmm. draft um yeah so yeah that's what i'm locking in any any thoughts or questions
0: no that feels really good that
2: felt like a really good pick there for them
0: so I was really hoping that he would fall to the Chargers so we could talk mm. about the scenario where they trade Austin Eckler on draft night and replace him with Bijan.
1: I think that would have been a good spot too. Yeah, definitely. Especially in that, with that in mind, if they did some sort of crazy Eckler trade uh, and still acquired Bijan, that would be awesome. I think that they could even, uh, they could maybe even take a Gibbs like staying put and still do like an Eckler kind of thing. Possibly, but obviously Bijan would be the the crown jewel there. Uh, but yeah, I just I, I don't think the Bucks pass that up at nineteen. Mm. Okay, Eric, you made me really happy on the last one. I I need you to follow it up with the number twenty pick, Seattle Seahawks. You are on the clock.
2: Oh, Quentin Johnson still on the board. Don't do
1: this to me. Do not do this to me. Mm. If you're gonna take a wide receiver, if you're gonna take a wide receiver, there's one I'm okay with, but just please d- not him.
2: <laughs> I know who that one is. I actually thought about him actually, but um, I'm gonna preface this by saying I think there's a chance Seattle trades back into the end of the first for this, but mm-hmm. in the way that we're doing this, even though it feels like a little bit of a reach, I still think at the end of the draft day one he's gonna end up with the Seahawks. I'm going Hen and Hooker. Okay. Yep. I could really see Seattle moving both of their second rounders to try to move into that like Philly-Kansas City slot and grabbing him at the end of the first round. But we're not doing that in this format. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do him there at 20. Um, but I, I really feel good about Hennon Hooker being with the Seahawks because they do not need him this year. And whoever takes Hendon Hooker is going to have to go in knowing that it's probably going to be a year before he sees the field. And to be behind Geno Smith, who will be more than willing to tutor? Who want him on the sideline with him? And it, it it feels like such a good pick. Like he'll get a chance to develop there for like two three years, and I feel like that's really really good for him. Um, I don't know. I I like that a lot to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like
1: you uh like you prefaced before when you brought it up, and I I agreed that I would not mind uh, a Hinden Hooker at twenty. I do not mind this. Um, I maybe. Prefer Zay Flowers. I think that's probably who you expected me to kind that of. That was the
2: other one I was thinking of. I was thinking Hendon Hooker or Zay Flowers here,
1: mm-hmm. and that's just me. Like I, I just love his game, and I think he's like Tyler Lockett 2.0, and Tyler Lockett's 30, 31. So gonna need a replacement there eventually. But
2: we were doing trading draft. Like if we were trading draft picks, I would have taken Zay Flowers there and then tried to trade back into the end on one of my picks with Seattle for Hendon, which I think would be a perfect draft for them. Give those two seconds, and you get. Jalen Carter, Zay Flowers, Hendon Hooker. That'd be phenomenal. No, but
1: yeah, I I agree with the, I mean, the upside is there for Hendon. He could have been like a like a top 10, maybe a top five, like QB selected if he or like overall pick selected if he didn't get hurt. Um, so him going 20, I think is good value, especially because he shouldn't have to worry about starting this year. Uh can can tutor behind his actually, funny enough, his best comparable player on player profiler, Geno Smith. Yeah, it it feels right. So yep, I, I like it. Um. Okay. Well, uh, you you mentioned thinking th- that Bijan was gonna drop to here, Evan. Uh, but at number twenty one, you got the Los Angeles Chargers. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah. So for the Chargers, I'm thinking one of two things. I'm thinking either wide receiver or defensive end. So when you look at the cap hits that are coming next year and the amount of money that they're going to owe to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, along with how much money they're going to owe to uh, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. And it's just an astronomical amount when you start really looking at it. So it tells me in my mind that, hey, they're going to start to prep for that. And having multiple guys that are available here um, and seeing that the defensive ends are the three top guys right now on my board I personally really like Miles Murphy but I think Nolan Smith would be a better fit for that defense so I'm gonna say Nolan Smith here
1: yeah man I mean (laughs) kind of like just what you said before about you can never have enough cornerback. I feel like with the chargers, you can never have enough defensive end because <laughs> they, they just have such a bad streak of, of these crazy freak injuries just all over their defense. Um, so shoring it up with, yeah, well, like you said, Nolan Smith is arguably for, for some people, he's like a easy top three uh, defensive player. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a great lock at, at 21. I think it's great value. Yeah. Um, all right, well, okay, taking it to this is this is kind of a tougher one for me because it so hinges on still this, like, I mean, at this point, what do we say, boys? Like, Lamar Jackson, going to be a Raven, right? Like, it just I feels like he'll probably play and just they'll get it done, right? I think so. Yeah, so you look at kind of what they have going on there uh, offensively, and you know Rashad Bateman is is kind of a bigger dude and they have Mark Andrews as another bigger dude and what they don't have is a kind of a more shifty speedy uh gadgety wide receiver and one i like is still available uh thanks to the Henn and Hooker pick so i'm going to go ahead and lock in Zay Flowers here I, I mean you just look at that depth chart man like who who else do they have besides Rashad Bateman who they're still crossing their fingers for and Mark Andrews they it's basically devoid they have uh, obj now but still not the profile of like a Zay flowers i think they still need to fill in that that wide receiver three role and maybe another tantalizing sort of piece to to draw in a lamar jackson deal by by getting a first round wide receiver so that's kind of what i'm thinking there getting to the nitty-gritty though here these are these are becoming more difficult for sure uh as we go further and uh, I'm sure that sort of cascades onto the next pick at number 23 for, for Eric. Mr. Eric, you have the Minnesota Vikings on the clock. Vikings are in a tough spot, for sure.
2: This probably feels like a little bit of a reach. I think the Vikings, one of their biggest, if not their biggest, need is a cornerback. I think I'm going to go Manuel Forbes from Mississippi State. He's a little on the skinnier side, but I like his ball play. He has great production there. A lot of the other better quarterbacks have gone already. Um, they could also use the defensive tackle, but I don't. There's no more here that I really like. Yeah. Man, this is such a tough spot for them. It feels like all the players that would be such great fits here got taken really early in our mock. I mean, even if one of these extra quarterbacks fall or something, it feels great, but none did. I'm kind of right there with you, too. I mean, I, I see this as as one of
1: their positional needs, definitely. Um, the only other one I was kind of thinking was, like, Jacorian and Bennett. I think that he, oh, wow. he's a little more versatile um, of a cornerback. But, you know, ceiling might be a little higher for Forbes.
2: Yeah, I kind of like the ceiling play there for him. Yeah, I'm going to okay. go with Forbes. Forbes. They they uh, got to get a cornerback out of this draft. Even if even it's not here, they need to get one somewhere.
1: All right. Well, uh, Locking in Forbes at number 23, got number 24 here. Jacksonville Jaguars. Evan, this is your pick.
0: This is, this is a no-brainer, no-brainer pick to me. Um, what, what do they love to do in Jacksonville? Uh, they love to run two tight end sets. What tight end is sitting right there? Mm. And also, as an Eagles fan, uh, it would make me very happy to see this tight end go before the Dallas Cowboys in Michael Mayer.
1: Nice. Yeah, that is a good pick. That's a great pick. I I love that pick. Yeah. Yeah, give gives him that that nice second tight end to run alongside Evan Ingram. Uh gives Trevor Lawrence another weapon, gives him another blocker. Yeah. I think I think you nailed that one. I think they would be uh stoked for that selection.
0: And and you combine that with the fact that Evan Ingram's on our franchise tag, so one year contract. So you put all that together and it just seems too good to be true. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I, I do agree with you. And I'm glad you took that one uh, because Giants don't need a tight end. So that wasn't really even on on their board, actually. Uh, now that they have Darren Waller. They don't really need a Michael Mayer. But what they do need still is wide receiver. And they don't have a big profile wide receiver guy. So I think this is where the New York Giants do the New York Giants and they take a bad wide receiver in the first round and they go ahead and lock in Quinton Johnson. Stupid. <laughs> do you like that one, Eric? So i was going to pick next. <laughs> well, yeah, man, the snipes are real in here, man. It, it makes it a lot tougher drafting against each other. 'Cause uh you have to like do these last minute adjustments. But uh okay, Eric, so I'm sure you have it locked in by now. You had a few seconds to think. Uh Dallas Cowboys, 26, go.
2: God, the wide receivers drop off so hard after that. And like I'm not even a big Quentin Johnson person, but it fit there. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking too. You know what? I'm going for a different positional need for them. I'm going like a Jameer oh, Gibbs. Oh no. We're gonna put Jameer Gibbs there to pair with uh, Tony Pollard. So you're doing. You're gonna go ahead and the the year they ship
1: out, Zeke they, <laughs> you go ahead and send Tony Pollard owners to the grave. That's what you're yep. gonna do.
2: Correct. Jameer Gibbs is gonna go in there, and unfortunately, it's gonna be another committee thing. But pure evil. They they need more offensive weapons, and all the wide receivers that are on the top of the board right now, just they're not first round. They're not they're not gonna take one there if they're if the rest of the guys have gone are gone. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs.
1: He was so close to
2: landing on the Bengals where I have him actually
1: going, you snake. I guess he probably would have made it past the Bills though, judging by Evan's face. Did I just like both of you. <laughs> kinda kind seems like it, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh all right. Well, Evan, you 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 got it. Uh I said it. You have the twenty seven Buffalo Bills. Jameer Gibbs is not available.
0: Uh, why must you do this to me? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just gonna go with protecting Josh Allen. It's never a bad idea to protect your franchise quarterback, who is making fifty plus million dollars a year. Like, we're gonna go with Osiris Torrance. Oh, okay. he's he's a guard, but he's without question, in my opinion, the best guard in this class, and I think he's the best guard by a rather large margin here. He's a road grader, so he's going to open up the holes in the interior for Josh Allen to be able to run that, you know, fullback dive from a quarterback position, uh, as he loves to do, and just power through people. He's going to help whatever run game they happen to have, I guess, um, with them not being able to take Jameer Gibbs here. So pretty, pretty sad about that. But yeah, Osiris Torrance. That's what we're going to go with.
1: All right. When you started talking O-line, I thought you were going to take my pick, um, which I feel pretty good about. To be honest, I almost tilted and Darnell Washington almost squeaked out of my mouth. But I just, that's just too high. As much as I would just lose my mind with Joe Burrow being able to link up with, with big man Washington uh, Godzilla in shoulder pads. Uh, I think here at 28 for the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, I know they just signed Orlando Brown, but I think that implicitly implies that you could see a selection here because of Jonah Williams demanding a trade. So suddenly right tackle is a need. And I think Anton Harrison could be a guy here where they go ahead and they take a quick and athletic OT from Oklahoma and they, they lock in a guy and say, okay, Jonah Williams, do you really want to trade? Because we, we can replace you now. And so, yeah, like you were saying, Evan, I think protecting your franchise quarterback, never a bad idea. Keep shoring it up. Make sure that Joey B, Joey cool stays cool. Um, locking in Anton Harrison.
0: So I'm going to assume that means that you think that Lyle Collins is not a starting offensive tackle in the NFL.
1: No, I mean, he's just not, he's not proven it to me. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking here. They could also maybe like rotate him into a different position possibly. Uh, But, but I think that Anton Harrison could be that right tackle that just slots in really easily. I'll admit though, again, a little bit of a tilt. I Jameer Gibbs was, I was locked and loaded, man. I was like, Oh, cause the, in all my mocks that I've done personally, it's Jameer Gibbs to the Bengals. And I don't have to compete with anyone competing with you guys has made me sort of have to readjust things. And I kind of had to go digging, Uh, but oh yeah. And it was hard to say not Darnell Washington. I really wanted to just like crazy pick him there, but I just, I don't know if he's going to be a first round guy. So uh, I bought you enough time, Eric. Yes,
2: you did. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go hit us with uh number 29 for the new Orleans saints. Actually. I think this is actually a relatively easy pick. Saints desperately need defense, especially safety. And I think the top rated player I saw left on my board is probably Brian Branch. And that seems like this part of the draft is where the safety could start to go into that first. And I mean, he's a phenomenal tackling defensive back. I think he could be really good help. Uh, I mean, when you got to face pits, um, when you got to face Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, stuff like that. I like Brian Branch there. Okay, yeah. I mean they do need help with the defense.
1: Um for sure. Some of those pieces are starting to age. Um they need to kind of revitalize, uh,
2: being very, very much in in money trouble there. So mm-hmm. uh they also need uh pass rushing really bad. But I just happen to like Brian branch, branch and the pass rushers over there. You well know, I'm not complaining because that
1: means uh my pick is, is still available currently um uh, for the Eagles and I mean Evan, you can Tell me whether or not you agree with this, but uh I have an edge rusher in mind for them. And I'm thinking Lucas Van Ness. Looking like I'm getting the nod of approval there. Uh but yeah, I mean, I think this is a little bit of a slide for him. I would imagine him to go earlier than this. And he's sort of dropped uh by by a pretty fair shot. And so he, he's got the pass rush being the pass rushing upside. And I think he has a chance to really slot in well and and mold in well on a an Eagles defense that's already very good, uh. But but needs to to shore it up a little bit after some some losses in the off season. So what I want to get your your thoughts though on this because it, it seems like you like it, Evan. But do you like it like it?
0: Oh yeah, very much so. Especially considering that I have heard plenty of reports that they're actually considering a ten.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, I had him. I had him on the board. Uh I, I had him on the board of 10, actually, at the Eagles. That that was my pick in my latest mock. And so funny enough, he slides down to their their later pick in the first. And I think they're happy to uh to grab him here. So that's who I will take at number 30. Last pick, Evan, because the uh the dolphins are big stinky cheaters. You get 31 here, Kansas City Chiefs. Who do you got?
0: Yeah, so For the Chiefs here, I'm kind of deciding between a couple players. I'm trying to decide between Miles Murphy, who I think is the best edge left on the board. I'm trying to decide between Brian Brzee, who's the best Mm -hmm. interior defensive lineman on the board. And then I'm trying to decide between a fun landing spot with Darnell Washington.
1: Mm. <laughs> that is fun
0: so with all of that I, and then and then i did also throw in uh dewan jones um obviously because of them losing orlando brown i mean dewan jones is basically an orlando orlando brown clone um so i think that could be could be an idea here um but ultimately i'm going to go with best player available which means i'm going to go with miles murphy uh, coming off of the edge, you know, I think they solidify it. They took George Carl off this last year, um, so I think that shows that they're committed to that defensive line. Uh, they have Chris Jones inside, obviously one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, and I think they just continue to try and make that defensive line the strength of their team, and then let the secondary just kind of figure itself out behind them.
1: Yeah, I mean Miles Murphy is is monstrous, like six five, super long arms. Um makes sense to me with, with the Kansas City Chiefs being in a position where they just won a Super Bowl, uh and and adding to that defense is really going to be the key for them to remain uh in this sort of contention because we we already know Patrick Mahomes can can make it work. We already know Travis Kelsey is an amazing weapon. They got you know decent enough ground game in, in Pacheco, and if they bring back McKinnon or if they shore it up some other way. Uh, but really, I think what they are going to need to focus a little more on is making sure that that defense is well maintained. So I think Miles Murphy slots in as a as a guy that will allow them to to keep shoring that up and making sure that it doesn't fall by the wayside. So, yeah, yeah, I I do like it. Um All right, guys. Well, that's the that's the first round. I it was a fun little exercise, huh? We We had some some really good snipes here that made mm-hmm. I think made all of us kind of think on our toes which is kind of fun to do. It hurt my brain more than I thought it would. Yeah, it it indeed was a little mind numbing. Um almost as mind numbing as uh, a certain trade that happens in Paladins League that I think we'll kind of leave things on if you guys want to just quickly yeah, quickly review what went down in RPG Paladins uh yesterday. So, it started out with what I would call maybe one of my favorite trades that I've done in Probably years. Um, in this offseason alone, Eric, you and I have made two trades that are going to uh, I don't know, they're just gonna be very memorable for a very long time, considering like the back and forth and just how important they are to both of our teams. And so Eric and Eric and I went for a little deal where he gets his Bears Homer stack, and getting Justin Fields and DJ Moore. I'm sure you're feeling still great about that um as as you should uh i think that dj moore has a chance to to easily break into that like top 15 wide receiver mold and and fields as long as he stays healthy we we have seen the upside there so i give that up on a Paladin's team that is a little weird already with like good pieces but just not enough depth to really compete especially wide receiver wise and i get a couple wide receivers by adding darnell mooney who i think you and i would agree eric we like uh especially floating into a number two role where i think we know he he sort of belongs uh where he should thrive with dj Morris kind of taking a little bit of the pressure off and then uh, a guy that i'm a truther for sky moore who i still think has a very good shot at i mean i am not worried about sky Moore not breaking out in year one i never thought that was going to be the case i thought it'd be cool if he did but it's just typically not what happens if you're not a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase uh, level uh, player. So Sky Moore, I'm still holding out hope for, and I'm happy to ha- add him to a team that needs wide receiver. On top of that, I pick up a uh, a pair of firsts next year that I'm expecting to be middle, maybe late, but one of them's mine. So that was good. I got mine back, so I sort of control my destiny there. And then I pick up uh, a second and a third. Uh, which I now have a pair of each. So really looking at a chance to uh, revitalize my team in a class that I'm very excited about next season. Um, on a team that I was already pretty shaky about. So overall, I think we both won sleeping mm-hmm. on it. I agree with you, Eric, where <laughs> I think in immediate value you did slightly win the trade. I think I think you are right there.
2: Right. One team got a top 10 super flex quarterback and the other did, which that uh, which is why I had to give up so much for it. Right. But yeah. like, I feel real good about it right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, It was so weird because that day started with me trading away Chase Claypool because I wanted to like, like reinvest in not having, I had DJ Moore, I had Chase Claypool and I had Justin Fields. And I was like, I got to diversify a little bit away from the bears. And the day ended with me trading away all my bears. Well, you got Mooney, but I did gain Mooney. So I'm still, still invested enough. In uh, a guy that, dude, yeah, I really like me. He, he had a joke. couple of like amazing, like showstopper catches last season that he's a still...
2: really good wide receiver. He's just not a one.
1: Yeah. They're still imp- like imprinted in my brain. Uh, specifically, the I think the last one that he had where he went over the top, like had this crazy yeah. vertical leap and, and just looked awesome. So excited to have him. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And I just wanted to quickly review that because that was between you and I. After that, uh, we had one, two, three, four, no, sorry, three other trades that happened after we made our trade. We sort of opened the floodgates <laughs> in a certain respect. Um, but the trade that I want to talk about is the last trade of the night that I think ended all the other trades that were happening uh, between Swole Col and Big Barasaurus. Let me just go through it and then we can kind of bask in it for a second. So Swole Cole gets Keenan Allen, Jared Goff, Michael Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Jahan Dotson. Woof. That's that's already a lot. Uh this is obviously Superflex, Titan Premium, uh, all that good stuff. Big Barasaurus gets Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams, David Montgomery, Chase Claypool, which Chase Claypool really making the rounds. Uh, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, uh, a first next year, a second next year, and the 308 this year. Like, wow. <laughs> That's, I think, uh, Buster Jacoby said it really well in the RPG Discord. Might as well have just swapped rosters. <laughs> Holy moly. uh, What a trade. I mean, breaking it down, I think Evan did a really good job um, it's sort of like piece for piece, uh, breaking this open where it was scrolling back to what you said, Evan. It was basically Goff for the New England guys plus the 308, slight edge for Goff. I think Goff is is a little more than a slight edge personally, there, just in my opinion. I think, especially this year, next year, maybe even, he should be like a top eight performing quarterback. Um CMC and Kittle. For Kelsey and Adams, slight lean for CMC side. I think I agree there. Kelsey and Adams, though, man, that's so... Uh, it's, it's very, very attractive to have both those guys for a win now mm-hmm. type of situation. Um, CMC and Kittle, kind of the same way. I get. I guess the reason why I'm not huge on the CMC side is because you're really investing in the 49ers there. Um, not to say that they both can't get theirs, but, you know, it's a little more... I don't know, just kind of makes it a little more washy for me, but I still do think I lean CMC Kittle. Uh, and then Allen and Dotson for Monty Claypool and the first. Evan saying that's an even wash. I think, uh, I think I lean Allen there a little bit. I, I see what you're saying though, value wise. That's, I mean, Monty should be great this year and the next however many years he's healthy because he has a. A great contract on the Lions. Uh Dotson, I, I'm very excited about Dotson. I think he's very like Tyler Lockett esque for the commanders as long as they can get their quarterback thing figured out. And then the first, uh, I mean, I think the difference is Evan might not know this first, might be a little late. Um, uh, at least that's kind of what I'm seeing. So maybe that sort of changes things. Um, and then Michael Thomas for 24 second. I think I agree with Evan. I take the second side. I just don't think you could trust Michael Thomas anymore to be relevant. But overall, like, saying all those pieces and, like, comparing them side by side, (laughs) it still ends up being pretty washy. Like, it's pretty
2: even, right? Like, do we have, like, Eric, do you think you have a clear winner here? Not really, because I don't know what the teams are trying to do. Right. There's
1: a lot of win-now pieces being swapped. So it really must just be valuations. Like, you know, Swokol must think that Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle is more valuable than Kelsey Adams, Montgomery. And then the golf Mac Jones thing. Like, I guess you get a little more of youth with Mac Jones, but not a, not a
2: ton that would make me excited. Yeah. But then he put like most of the players back up on the trade block right away.
1: Yeah. So uh, what I really do think, and (laughs) this is kind of my theory and it sort of sounds like you're leading that too. It kind of just seems like a fun trade that they wanted to trade and they did a big trade. Yeah, a little bit. Which is fine. Like, I have no problems with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's fine. Like, go for it. It just feels eveny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, it all
1: depends, of course, on, on how they, they view those guys. You know, uh, it could be that Swole Cole really thinks that this is Kelsey's last year and that that definitely flips things. Uh, kind of same thing with Adams how long does Adams have at like 31 32 years old so you know fair enough I just think for, for these win now sort of swaps it, it it's strange but it all goes back to what they're thinking in, in their brains that, that we cannot know so all in all I mean kudos for having the balls to pull it off I mean you guys gained good pieces on both sides but it's just that's a lot of pieces <laughs> to trade so congrats to, to pulling that off and, uh, yeah, I don't think I have much else for us all. I didn't have a great, like, showstopper ender line that that we usually have. Eric, do you have
2: anything spicy you want to float out there? Do you know who else doesn't have much else left? Aaron Rodgers is a packer.
1: Wow! Nice. That, that was a really good transition.
2: <sighs> That's a really good end. Okay. Oh, nice. This is the best. This is the best. Very nice. We live in a world where Aaron Rodgers is no longer a Packer. You're on cloud nine right now, huh? Is this what heaven feels like? I imagine it does.
1: Very might well be. I mean, one thing's for almost sure. Probably not gonna see Aaron Rodgers there.
2: So in heaven. Right. <laughs> probably he'll be in ayahuasca. Yeah, I I like how you keep saying that, like, it's a place. It sounds like it could be a Wisconsin. Like, oh, yeah, where are you going? Ayahuasca, Wisconsin. Now,
1: Washington has all those, like, they have those names, too, those, like, native uh, names where when I first moved up from California, I was like, I do not know how to pronounce this. I do not want to get in trouble mispronouncing this. Basically. Like, uh, one that really caught me up was Puyallup, which is just, it's hard to say, Puyallup.
2: Oh, my gosh. All all I want is I want a video montage of Aaron Rodgers walking through Times Square in his hippie outfit trying to get to work. in his little sandals and stuff like that. And just all the New Yorkers looking at him like he's nuts. Uh, it's going to be
1: epic. It's going to be epic. You you weren't here either for when Evan and I kind of, like, talked about the, the media circus that he's in for. And to be honest, man, it feels like a really good – it feels like a really evenly matched, like, UFC fight or boxing match between Aaron Rodgers yes. and the New York media which one's going to get the better of each other cuz i i don't know New York media is formidable but ah. Aaron Rodgers is so such a weird dude that it's just going to be it's going to be wild to see like how everything shakes out and everything goes down
2: I was thinking about this today and if the Jets win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers this year i think that would be the best thing in the world because it would crush the soul of every Packers fan I know. That would be so satisfying.
1: That is big of you, but I, I, I get it. Uh, I mean, it's big of you to to want to kind of see success for Aaron Rodgers, but the payoff of seeing every Packers fan shed a tear is pretty gratifying. I would
2: feel the same way if the the shoe was on mm-hmm. the uh, 49ers foot. Because you know every press conference for the entire offseason that Aaron Rodgers does, He's going to make some snide remark about how it could have been with the Packers the entire time. You know, that's all it'll be. And it'll just, oh, it'll be the best. Okay, so here's a great
1: question, actually, because Aaron Rodgers, um, I mean, at this point, do we say that he's basically, like, disinvested himself from being, uh, like, a majority shareholder of the Chicago Bears franchise? Is he no longer the
2: owner? Well... I mean, I just got sad again. <laughs> well, here
1: you go. Here's here's my question. Who will he own now? Is it going to be the Patriots? Patriots? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, look out, Robert
2: Kraft. I mean, we're in a world where there's three teams in that division who realistically you can make an argument to win a Super Bowl and none of them are the Patriots. Yeah. What a weird world.
0: Pair down.